Welcome to Anxiety and the Artist, the podcast that explores artist relationship with anxiety, offering insight and inspiration. I'm your host, Allison Chef. Today's episode is coming to you in two parts. I was fortunate to chat with Joe Abraham and Christine Negerbon, creators of The Thriving Artist. In part one, I'll be chatting with Joe, and in part two, I'll be chatting with Christine. My guest today is Joe Abraham. Joe has been a show business professional for the past 20 years, having performed on Broadway in Hairspray and The Little Mermaid, as well as numerous regional productions and national tours. On screen, Joe has been seen in shows such as American Crime Story, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, Moonbase 8, and The Prom. Joe is also a passionate teacher and has co-authored the book, The Thriving Artist, which is now being used at theater departments in universities nationwide. The Thriving Artist is a comprehensive guide for any freelance artist on how to succeed in their career while also having a healthy financial life at the same time. Joe, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about your background and your relationship with anxiety. Ha, well, uh, my background is I'm the, I guess, you know, start at the beginning, uh, youngest of three boys and, um, you know, grew up in, in South Central Pennsylvania. Uh, mom was a homemaker. Dad was a, a builder, had his own building business. My grandfather on my mother's side was uh, manic depressive. My mother battled depression her whole life. Um, and it's just kind of been in the ether, uh, you know, I have brothers and they have their own stories and, and experiences with it. And as I have mine, so it's, it's just kind of something that's always been there. You know, I think the anxiety has been obviously ramped up lately. Um, the, the, and depression, I guess, I, I guess they're cousins. I, I don't really know. I've always been able to recognize my anxiety or my depression and I, I feel it coming on. And I, I, I know it's like, I know I'm in a fog when I'm in it. Um, so I guess that helps me get out of it. Um, and, and recognize things like that. So it's just kind of been, I've never been, I've, I've done some therapy, but I've never been clinically like quote diagnosed with anything um in in that way so i guess it's just this ongoing dance that i have that i've been able to to like i said from my introspection and and from being an actor and studying human behavior i've been able to just handle if that makes sense Mm -hmm. do you have any sort of tools or you know exercises or anything that you do to to help mitigate that when you feel it coming on or do you just kind of sit in it and wait till it passes. I I think awareness is the biggest tool and I think it's um breathing. Um I know that that seems very simple but I guess you get back to basics and you know what it does to the brain and what it does to your nervous system breathing is a really good thing for me. Also um just a mindfulness, just being aware of of um w- being now centered. Mm-hmm. Literally in the moment, moment to moment. I look around and I'm like, okay, I'm here now. I'm good now. And and let's look at what I can directly control. Where the anxiety comes from is all the stuff that we hear about and read about that is like, I have no control. You feel powerless. So I guess I feel like when I, I feel better when I focus on the things that I are immediately in my influence, you know? Right. Has your anxiety ever affected you as a performer, like either in auditioning or performance or any of that? 
You know what's funny? I found that the more I learned and the more I became knowledgeable, it's almost like it truly is an example of like ignorance is bliss mm-hmm. because the more I have learned and, and I've taught as a coach, then I, what I did is I would put pressure on myself to be perfect mm-hmm. because like, well, I know all this stuff and I, I teach all this stuff and I've helped people, uh, you know, really blow their performances, you know, to a whole new level. And so I should just do it. And so that is, is where I have found anxiety has, has crept into uh, my performing life because I, I feel like I should be a one take, one take wonder, you know, I just got it. Right. You know, because I know, I know how to do this. Why, why can't I just do it? Uh, So yeah, I get very hard on myself and, and that anxiety does uh, show up as nervousness. None, it's never paralyzing it's never debilitating um but it but it is there more so than it than it has been Mm -hmm. have you found a way to channel that to sort of use it um to work for you or or still working through that (laughs) I, i think it's just an ongoing i think i'm trying to make friends with it okay I think I'm trying to allow some space, more space for that to just live in Mm -hmm. the ecosystem of Joe, Mm -hmm. because I think what we, as the saying goes, what we resist will persist. Right. So if you're trying to get rid of it, it, there's going to be more of it. You know, um, any brick wall is not a problem until you try to push it down. Then it, then it pushes back and it will not, you know, but if you find a way to like, okay, that wall is there, let's, let's still go where we're going, but let's walk around it. Right. We'll allow it to be there. It gets worse if you try to push the brick wall over. It's harder because it, it, you know, the, the wall pushes back, but if you take a step back and look for a way around it and you just allow it, I think, you know, when it comes to that anxiety or nervousness or depression or whatever, um, allow it to be there and move around it as, and you just kind of make friends with it Mm -hmm. and you don't make the problem a problem. Mm -hmm. You don't make having a problem, a problem because once you sit there and go, Oh my God, I can't, this wall is in the way. Oh, I'm the only one that has a wall. Nobody else has a wall. Only me, you know, which is I've, I've done that. I I can speak to it because I've done it. Um, mm-hmm. You just deal with it and don't make mm-hmm. the fact that it is there an issue. You right. know, I guess that comes down to acceptance uh, and and owning owning that part of yourself, owning all of yourself, and and um, even though it doesn't always feel good, you can still own it. You know, right, right. Um, switching gears a little bit, you and your wife, Christine, have this fantastic book called The Thriving Artists. Yes, Can you thank tell you. us a little bit about the book and how it came about? The book is something that we are wildly proud of. Um, and uh, it took us about six years to write it. Um, talk about goals and running into walls and anxiety. Oh, my God. If, 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 <laughs> if anything is revealing, it's putting something like this out into the world. Um, but it came from really was born of, uh, I was on Broadway with hairspray and, um, an old professor of mine asked me, Hey Joe, uh, 
I have this tour group that's coming through and I, I want you to come and talk to them for 90 minutes uh, about, you know, all sorts of different things. And I was so nervous because I'm like 90 minutes. I don't have 90 minutes of things to say. <laughs> no way. And so I got, you know, I, I, I clicked into, well, let me prepare. <laughs> so <laughs> right? I'm just going to get ready. Um, so I wrote down all this stuff um, that I could talk about. And I went to this workshop and I didn't get through a quarter of it. Hmm. And I came back and I said to Christine, I was like, oh my gosh, I was, I had so much more to say. I feel like I should write a book. Uh, and she goes, okay, let's do it. Like right. once it's been said, once it's, you know, you can turn your back on it if you want. Um, but we didn't. And I'm very, very glad we didn't. So it took us six years of picking it up and putting it down and realizing that we're not good writers. We're good talkers. <laughs> so, cause we tried to write it and write it and tried it and like, screw this God, we can't, what can we do? So we had this mentor, um, her name is Sue, uh, Sue Gilad, and she's a brilliant, one of the most brilliant people that we've ever known and are proud to call friends. And, and she's like, well then just speak it. So we got a friend of ours to come over and we had written this outline and then we just pressed record and spoke to her. Right. And, and then we sent it off to a transcriber to get it all transcribed. And then we cleaned it up because a transcriber is just all the ands and ums and everything is there. Right. So we had to clean it up and clean it up and clean it up and then reorganize it and organize it more and have it flow and it just kind of went through that process. We found an editor, we found a proofreader and just went through the process. And it took about six years. And, and now it's this, this thing, like I said, that, uh, we're very proud of, and it's, you know, in universities and people are using it to teach, uh, a lot of financial stuff to actors and artists when that's one of the main things that, that is missed in yes. a lot of college curriculums about how to really do this. And I think going back to anxiety, that's a huge part of anxiety. I'll go in and yep. talk to a college group of uh, seniors, juniors, and they just the look of terror when they realize, especially seniors in the fall, mm -hmm. they go, holy shit. I actually have to pay bills when I get out of here because it's not been addressed. So really mm -hmm. that's, you know, the, the, one of the big things is to, is to bridge that gap and to help people with anxiety about, what it is to make it and and do all that sort of stuff so that's what it was born of it was born of love and 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 you know we're we're just so glad that people are getting value out of it that's great so what is a thriving artist a thriving artist is someone who really just takes ownership of their life their career their finances and their especially their mindset uh being a thriving artist has very little to do with uh how much work you, how big your resume is at the time. Mm -hmm. um, because we've met plenty of quote, starving artists who have a very long resume, but it's just a sense of, of abundance. It's a sense of ownership. It's a sense of uh, being positive and proactive and basically not complaining. <laughs> it, you know, about really anything. Right. A, a lot of people uh, fall into the victim mindset where they feel powerless or it's not their fault. It's someone else's fault. It's, you know, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. And what we really have, have, um, 
been able to talk about somewhat quantify is what is the distinction and it really starts between your ears uh, mm-hmm. and understanding the power of your words and the power of your mindset and, and just doing some digging of where am I and what what is my actual mindset on the on what it means to be an an artist and an actor and when you start to shift and start to realize you you are in the driver's seat you do have power over it and where you and you also if you don't know you have the power to learn it's just right. you are in charge at the end of the day and anywhere you're complaining that's a cop out you know i'm not saying mm-hmm. that there aren't realities i'm not saying that that you know the industry treats us any differently and that we've been rejected any less than any <laughs> other actor it's just what we it's how we relate to it mm-hmm. and and that has changed everything about the quality of of the journey for us. So uh, I find we, you know, starving artists to be disempowered and basically complaining and complainers, no matter what, no matter what there's, it's never good enough. Um, Mm. A very low sense of gratitude for the things Mm. that they have, as opposed to a thriving artist, which is a wealth mindset. It's abundant. It's your relationship to money, your relationship to uh, the things that you do and the people around you. um, And that you're just uh, conscious about everything you're doing. Uh, and and taking control of that in a good way. Right, right. I think the gratitude part is really important. Um, Absolutely. Especially Absolutely. with everything going on right now. Like, I mm-hmm. think... I think it could be very easy to, and especially with the government saying that they don't value artists and, <laughs> sure, you know, sure. like it's it's very easy to 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 have a victim mentality, and right. and you know, then 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 there's a lot of things to to that that are are real, and I don't want to negate that. However, I think that being able to get up in the morning and say, okay, here's where I am right now, here's what I've got. Exactly. Here's where I can go. Yes. As opposed to only focusing on what you don't have. Yeah. Um, and, and when you look at this, the forces that are around you, and a lot of starving artists are starving unconsciously, meaning mm-hmm. they don't know they accepted someone else's opinion of what it means to be an actor, what it means to be an artist, what it means, because society has its opinions. And if you allow that sort of information and then you agree to that information, then you take it on. Well, I guess being an actor means it's going to be hard. Well, who says so? Anytime someone says this is the way it is, we teach people to silently say for you after they're done talking. Like, this is hard for you. You know, this is really, really a a crappy, you know, auditions are just terrible for you. You know, Mm -hmm. that's your story. And that's a, a really empowering thing that we focus on. And because there's, again, what you're looking for, you'll find. Yeah. And if you're looking for things to be grateful for, you'll find more of them. If you're looking for things to be upset and complaining about, you'll find them. Yes, I'm not negating that those things are there and those forces are there. And there are people that have really negative things to say or dismissive things to say and, and sometimes take action on by defunding this or, or cutting that. But that doesn't mean you, that, that you have to allow that to be your reality. Right. And you don't have to leave your focus on those things because we, you're going to experience them. Um, and yeah. And <laughs> obviously I'm not, I'm not negating anyone's experience of bad things happening because they do. It's what do you do with it? 
right after the fact. Coming up, the poverty mindset and reframing the COVID experience. Let's talk about the poverty mindset. Um, With everything, with our industry being on hold, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's safe to say that artists are legitimately struggling right now. Um, Can you talk about what the poverty mindset is and how it applies to artists in general and then how it applies to our current COVID situation? It kind of goes back to starving artists, thriving artists. Uh, Starving artists is a poverty mindset. It's a complaining mindset. It's It's a always, it's a sense of lack. It's a sense of scarcity. It's a sense of... If someone got rich, it's because someone lost, or if someone succeeds, it means someone else failed. Um, it, it it just comes from a negative space uh, when it comes to finances. I've been in, on Broadway shows um, for a long time with people, and I've been very fortunate. And I don't I don't take any of that for for granted, you know. But I've been around people talking about the sense of of you know, let's just say poverty from a money standpoint or poverty mm-hmm. from a, an opportunity standpoint, people with four or five, six Broadway shows saying, well, there's no work. There's not really, <laughs> there's not, there's no roles. I'm like, well, okay, there's no guarantee either. There's no guarantee that, that there's going to be a role for you, but don't say there's no work, you know? So it's this, it's like, it's never enough. That's kind of that, that mindset. And, right. you know, that is pervasive. Mm-hmm. And it infects. It's like a. It's like a. It's like a cancer. Yeah. Poverty and, and 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 scarcity are like cancerous things. Um, and you can get very comfortable, and you can validate and find reasons for your poverty. Again, not negating what people are going through. That that all every single Broadway actor and and you know Hollywood TV and film everything just shut down, and so that 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 is real, but. What can you do? And the, the, the converse, the thriving mindset or the thriving way of doing it is, okay, what, what can I do now? And I'm not saying don't, we haven't shed tears and, and pulled our hair, but we try to acknowledge it and then move out of it by taking action. Again, being grateful for what we have and being, and being grateful that we were smart when we did have money coming in. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's, also, it's living in that okay, the industry shut down. Oh, there's nothing I can do. And then yes. you live in this place of victimhood. Correct. And and yes, the industry is shut down. It sucks. I have my moments. You have your, we, we have all had our moments. We will continue. There will be more moments. Yes. Of, I, I, of the, frustration the and anger. Days, the past several days of you know, leading up to this recording <laughs> have been the most stressful of my life that I can like currently remember for different reasons. Right. right for for I guess pile on reasons, not all necessarily due to to the to the industry, but life and and, and you know life does the pile on, and you feel like you're on the bottom of the pile. Right, <laughs> life is just you know <laughs> let's throw another one on. Why right. not? <laughs> well, I, I think it's important to acknowledge like it's okay to have those feelings, and you should feel them, feel your feelings, but then move on. Yes, because when you stay in that place of victimness and it's just a downward spiral from there 
Absolutely. if you're having, if you're struggling with that, then, then get help. Yeah. I think getting <laughs> you know? help is, is like such a great thing. Um, and it's funny. I actually had that thought just literally in the past couple of days. I'm like, do I, I think I might need, I might need like a, someone to just chat with and just to say, okay, I, you know, that, that thought came, came across my mind and yes, right. you got to feel it and, and feel it. Don't wallow. Yeah. And then that becomes an interesting balance of, of, I think time and demand. And I know my, me and Christine and other, other parents, like, it's kind of a good thing that, that the kids are demanding a lot because it doesn't allow us to wallow. Right. Because there's just, <laughs> this must be handled. So yeah. you can feel it. You just feel it faster. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. They talk about his sleep routine, right? They talk about his, his ability to just do six hours no matter where. He takes a flight across the, the world. He lands. Whenever he goes to bed, he's awake six hours later. And he just goes, you know, sleep faster. Oh God, I envy that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I wish I could uh, do yes. that. <laughs> but but I think there's, I mean, it's an oversimplification. Yet right. there is some very good. There's some very good thoughts that, like, okay, let's feel faster, mm-hmm. because I've also seen people go down the 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 very uh, elusive path of over introspection. Any you know anything to an extreme becomes a bad thing. So it's right. it's it's a good thing to feel it. But, you know, feel it too much and you're wallowing, feel it too much and it becomes an identity. The, the problem becomes an identity. The, 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 I, I am living my life by solving this great problem. Right. And that's right. That becomes a defining thing as opposed to that is part of what I'm doing. It's part of me as a whole, but it's not everything. Right. And on the flip side of that, by ignoring the problem or oh ignoring those feelings, <laughs> then oh, that can screwed. come back. And rear its ugly head. No, so you're, you're absolutely screwed. <laughs> <laughs> because yes, that will that will come to bite you. So yeah. like anything, it's yin yang, it's balance, and it's just striking that balance. But I think a lot of people who don't maybe go and and ask for help from because I'm not a, a you know a PhD. I have not. I don't have a any sort of degree in psychology. I'm a studier of human behavior, and I've learned ways to work with and talk to people. Um, because in acting, you know, you don't have acting problems. You have life problems that show up in your in your acting. You right. have life problems that show up on screen. You have life problems that show up on stage. When you hit a block, when you're delving into a character, you realize, oh, there's a block in me as a as a human. So mm-hmm. you know, but 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 if if there is something that is really interfering and you really can't grapple with it then yes, absolutely. 1000% go f- talk, work it out, find someone who, who really has, they've made it their life's work to help people with that and to, and to coach them um, through things like that. Right. A lot of art- artists are struggling with leaving the business, either out of necessity mm. or circumstance, beca- or because they're disillusioned. Um, <laughs> what advice would you have for those considering changing careers right now? I would say to anyone considering choosing uh, uh, an additional career, look at it as an expansion rather than an either or. Mm. I think a lot of the stress and anxiety come from the fra- framing it like I sucked over here or I wasn't good enough over here. So I guess I got to quit. I guess I got to go over here. And you, 
and that's not the case. Um, that's the story you're telling yourself. The mm-hmm. fact is if, if current work in your career as an actor is not paying the bills, then yes, you must find other work that, that will, because again, the financial equation is never going to go away. But the point is, is to do it with, with empowerment and choice rather than being pushed into it. Choosing something that fills you artistically and creatively that you can say that that is the thing that fills me the most, but I guarantee there are other things mm-hmm. that will fill you up creatively that may surprise you. Uh, a, good, a good friend of mine back in college, his name is Daniel, and he was an MFA um, at Penn State and fantastic actor and was working and doing uh, some good stuff. And, and he decided to uh, go work in his dad's business. And I think it may have been advertising or marketing or something. And mm-hmm. we were talking about, it. he goes, you'd be amazed at how much creativity there is in, in, in doing this. And he right. was good. Like it, it, it was, en- it was enough to do it now. I, and again, if acting is in you, if performing is in you, it will never leave you, you know? So again, you're expanding into something that you, that can pay you and keep you creative and you can be a, a performer. Um, but the re- there is the reality of, you know, not every single performer is going to make all their ends meet from just performing. Right. Keep as much creativity in it and expand your view of yourself and and what it means to be a performer um, and that it, you don't get tunnel visioned and thinking I'm either this or I'm that. And if I'm not this, then I failed somehow. Right. And I right. think that is the big pitfall. I failed and I suck. And I, I, so then bitterness sets in. Yeah. So even if you transition to being uh, a casting director or an agent or manager, that sense of bitterness might follow you if you looked at yourself as a failure, as opposed to I succeeded to a certain degree there. Now I'm going to go succeed over here and I'm still going to stay in the industry and I'm still going to perform. Right. It's just not going to be maybe the thing that pays all the bills. Right. I also read a, a really uh, interesting quote by Elizabeth Gilbert recently, and I'm going to butcher this. Um, mm. <laughs> but she said something to the effect of don't assume that all of your money has to come from your creativity because you're putting too much pressure on your creativity. It's OK to have another job or another source of income that actually helps pay your bills so that you have the freedom to create and not put pressure on that, on that creativity. That's awesome. And I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at it. Um, in the, you know, and again, especially because so much of you know our families, people just don't understand what we do most mm-hmm. of the time. And so right. it becomes, well, when are you going to get, you know, when's that going to pay the bills? When are you get, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it, it might not ever. <laughs> right. Um, now the, the adult in you has to acknowledge, okay, I need to do something else to, because people, you know, I need to eat and, <laughs> and have shelter and, you know, basic needs need to be met. Yes. But, um, a time step is not going to pay the rent. Right. <laughs> your great aria that you can sing like a bird, you know, go to your landlords and sing that and they'll say, thank you. Now where's your check? <laughs> now where's my money? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't sing that aria and that you shouldn't invest the time and money, you know, into yeah. yourself to, to sing that aria as beautifully as you possibly can. Um, yes. But I, I just, I loved her perspective of like, but don't put the pressure on, on the aria <laughs> right. to answer, to answer all of the, the needs. 
Exactly. Um, and yeah, when you when you strangle it, it you just you, you put too many too many hands on it. Yeah. And, and you have to give it life. You have to have things that are that are, that make you a well-rounded, interesting human. Because yes. even in your work as a, as a performer, they want interesting humans. And if you are are so one track minded and so, um, you know, again, just hyper focused on that one thing, you you don't give it any room to breathe. Right. And and in going somewhere else to to work on something else, you actually allow that thing to to bloom on its own. Uh, and you just got to give it air, and you can just suck all the air out of the room when right. it comes that way. A, a fun analogy that I don't even know if someone told me this or I came up with it, let's just say I came up with it. Cause I like to think I'm smart. <laughs> um, think of it this way. If you have, if you're, if you got this freight train, right. And you attach a rope to it and you're working at it and you're pulling at it and you're pulling, and you're pulling and you're pulling and let's say it's moving. Right. But you continually pull and pull and you want this freight train to move and come closer to you. So you're pulling on this thing, but it doesn't actually close the distance until you stop pulling. It, it can't come to you. You could have all this momentum, but you're pulling so hard that it never, you never feel like it's coming any closer to you. You have to put it down and start pulling on something else or just allow it to move right. to you. Um, now, that doesn't mean, well, I'll just stand still and things will move. No, it takes effort, obviously. Right. <laughs> but you have to let go sometimes. You have to set it down and, right. and go pick up something else, again, just for your own sanity. Um, so we, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I want to kind of come back to this question. Um, some of the tools that you have found helpful in mitigating your own anxiety. And I loved in your book, you, you said something that has stuck with me for like five years. Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's something I, I, it's a question I now apply to other things in my life. Um, but I, and the context was you were talking about auditioning and right. how, you know, the tendency is after an audition, you just beat yourself up. Oh my God, I could have done this. Oh, like, why did I do that? I should have done X, Y, and Z instead. And instead you ask yourself the question, what went right? Absolutely. So to that end, do you have any last words of advice you'd like to share? Be easy with yourself. Hold yourself to a high standard. Hold yourself to a high discipline, but don't beat yourself up and, and just be gentle with yourself. Joe, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your insight and your story. It, it, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks to my guest, Joe Abraham. Tune in next week for part two of this conversation with performer and educator, Christine Negerbon. For more information on Joe, Christine, and the thriving artist, head on over to our website, anxietyandtheartist.com. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and tell a friend. Until next time, be healthy and stay creative. Anxiety in the Artist is produced by Grosta Productions and recorded at Homestead Studios. Music and engineering is by Bosco Chef. This podcast represents the opinions of Allison Chef and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.